The future is now. Finding the NOSO has never been easier. Subscribe to us on our new YouTube channel, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, and bookmark the new home for No Holds Barred, The Jenny Position, Wrestling War Zone, and all your favorite NOSO podcasts at NorthSouthConnection.com. It's New Year, New NOSO, NorthSouthConnection.com. Now, to show our gratitude, we're not going to be like the other guys and jerk you around and bullshit you. We're going to tell you the truth. Shane Douglas is the man who ignites the new flame of the sport of professional wrestling. The era of the franchise. The era of the ECW. And the franchise, Shane Douglas. Well, you want the lowdown on professional wrestling, get it right here at this podcast, Extreme Three-Way Dance. South Connection Podcast Network fans, welcome into Extreme Three Way Dance, most violent menage a trois violence you'll ever violently witness. <laughs> JT, Jenny, Matt, we are here taking you through the history of ECW. How are you guys doing? They violently witness. A lot of, there's a lot of violence you said there. Violent. We're living dangerously. Oh, yeah. violent. In 1998. Right. That's really dangerous. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know why. Probably the ozone. Yeah. Yeah, it's a dangerous time. We're here talking about it, though. <laughs> uh, it's uh, another pay per view. It's our third, no, fourth already. Fourth pay per view. Yeah. 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 Fourth. Here we are. Asbury Park, mm-hmm. New Jersey tonight. We've been talking all about the build and the hype. If you are listening, we welcome you in uh, and let you know we're also on video. If you go to YouTube and search North South Connection, you can watch a lot of our podcasts in video form. And we also have a lot of exclusive video only content as well. Usually quicker hit uh, lists and different kinds of games uh, that we do in addition to our longer form podcast. So to subscribe, the button is below. If you are watching or just head over to YouTube and do that. And this way you get all the notifications of our content. That said, we're going to go ahead and die right in. We cold open as Taz is pulling up to the arena in his car March 1st. 1998, everything is pitch black and closed. Taz stomps into the building, looks around, and says he is ready. So implication is that he's here well before building open to prepare for his main event match with Bam Bam Bigelow. Joey Styles in the ring. The Asbury Park crowd is hot and rowdy. There's signs everywhere. We get a loud ECW chant. And maybe, just maybe, for the first time since Barely Legal, we have a great pay-per-view vibe 
in the arena. We'll see. The last two have been shaky in Fort Lauderdale and Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. This one's a little bit closer to Philly, so you would imagine a lot of the same fans made a quick mm-hmm. drive over to Asbury. Um, Joey officially kicks off the show. We get our opening animation and then head right to the ring for our opening match, which features Chris Chetty and Jerry Lynn taking on our favorites, the FBI, doing our dancing, coming in, mm-hmm. little mm-hmm. disco, also setting up, <coughs> excuse me, our Italian lesson of the week. Tonight's word, or words, Mm -hmm. is actually a phrase this week. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Che te posino amazza. I'm going to need you to say that at least I'm going to need you to turn the music down. I can't hear you. All right, hang on, hang on. All right. Che te posino amazza. Che te posino. (laughs) You're going to have to say it again. Kate Posino Amatsa. Kate Posino Amatsa. Posino? That's what I heard. Cosino. Posino. Kate Posino Amatsa. Posino, I see. I see. Posino, yes. It means uh, you shall be butchered. So I thought that was fitting wow. for a night of violence. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Jeez. Violence so shall be butchered. Yes. Well, it's going to be way dirtier. Than stole that. me lira. Posino <laughs> Who can forget right. when FBI Fredo said that? <laughs> the show's rolling. Uh, also, as part of the show, we have the old school of it, elevated ramp, which looks really cool. It uh, adds uh, kind of an old school vibe. Mm-hmm. Smothers is dancing. Tommy Rich bounces around. Joey says Rich thinks he's still NWA champion. Joey calls out <laughs> young. Joey calls out Tracy's son Kyle Smothers' birthday. He says Kyle's a good Italian name. Uh, interesting <laughs> opener here. It's a good showcase, perhaps, as Lynn has been a bit missing over the past month. Good spot for Chetty. Joey takes his usual shots at WCW for Mr. JL and the mask hiding Lynn's talent. Guido and Chetty start off. Chetty sticks and moves, keeps Guido rocking. Grabbing a two count and a leg lariat. Chetty works the arm. Guido goes to the eyes and tags Smothers. Lynn comes in. Now he works the arm. Lynn heats up with a flurry. Gets two on a sunset flip. We get a series of reversals to a Lynn cross body for two. The FBI stooge a bit. We get cleaned out onto the floor where Lynn meets him with a dive off the top. Chetty finally gets swarmed over and the FBI get to work with some double team offense. The FBI are pouring it on with quick tags and a simple attack. Chetty hangs in, but the FBI is all over him with an efficient assault. The crowd is engaged. They're rallying Chetty as the FBI pour it on. Chetty hits a double jump drop kick to Smothers, but he can't make the tag. Chetty fights through a double team. He tags Lynn, who cleans house. The FBI hit a double flapjack, but they can't finish. All four start to brawl as Rich comes in, hits Smothers with the flag by accident. Lynn covers for the win. Smothers and Rich argue. Smothers slugs down to the Don. Rich walks off as Guido and Smothers regroup. Uh, this is a fun opener. It was a simple tag with good pacing. Energy, engaged the crowd and energized them. Did its job. Didn't overstay its welcome. Just got things rolling. A well-executed classic tag formula. I like Lynn and Chetty winning. It's the right call. The FBI, if they can stooge and scuffle, doesn't really matter. Two and a half stars, Jenny. I thought it was a perfectly fine opening match. I actually really like this. Um, Jerry Lynn is going to elevate any of your matches, especially in the opener. Mm-hmm. I think he just brings that. And just like that ridiculous 
flag that was brought to the ring. <laughs> These guys, I mean, they're so fun. I just thought this whole match was fun. The mm-hmm. Will Pace, Crisp, I mean, it's a low-key dream match, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I like the double team moves uh, by the FBI. I like the quick tags. They worked it well, and I like the really awesome hot tag to Jerry Lynn um, mm-hmm. for him to clean up and eventually get the pin. Perfect ending. I loved it. Two and three quarter stars, Matt. Yeah, uh, I went two and a half on it. Nice to me, the perfect team review crowd going right away i thought it was really well done uh chetty and lynn getting the win makes perfect sense give the young guy younger younger team a bit of uh, uh i thought it was, so yeah a really solid way to uh open the show and uh unadvertised match which was quite a surprise for me so uh good to see that so uh yeah two and a half for me yeah, all right joey knows that we have this match <laughs> right it's a big selling point it is. Uh, Joey notes that we have not seen Wing mm-hmm. Kanemura in the building all day, but we get the video package anyway for Kanemura versus Masato Tanaka. Uh, so we do some digging into Wing's location. Uh, we then have Lance Wright, Doug Furness out to the ring. As Joey wants to know what's going on. Where's Kanemura? He wants to know, but he gets no answers. So Lance Wright grabs the mic. He says Tanaka was supposed to face Kanemura tonight, but he has a plan as always. His associates in Stanford, his buddy Vinnie Mack, have bought out Kanemura's contract and told him to stay in Japan because he has someone else to put Tanaka on a plane back to Japan as well, and that is Doug Furness. Hmm. Brings us to our next match, which is Masato Tanaka taking on Doug Furness. Tanaka's out. Joey resets us. Joey says he has a page and a half of notes about Kanemura thanks to his friends Tim Whitehead and Mike Johnson of the Daily Lariat. He can throw those away now. Joey talks up Tanaka's resume as he shows off an FMW flag. We set off with a series of shoulder blocks. Tanaka targets the back with a low drop kick. Joey says Tanaka turned down Wright's offer as Furness hits a snap power slam. Furness kicks away, lands a drop kick. Tanaka gets a dragon screw leg whip. He starts to work the leg from there, slowing it down. Tanaka gets a great leaping forearm and running splash to the corner, followed into a swinging DDT for two that almost turned ugly. Tanaka gets a running Spicoli driver for two. Furness lands a strike and power bombs Tanaka right on his neck. Uh, for two. Furnace is to release German and drops Tanaka on his head. He covers, but Furnace tells uh, Wright tells Furnace to get up and do more damage. Furnace is a Frankensteiner. Wright again breaks up the cover by barking at his boy. Furnace is annoyed, and Tanaka blocks a Frankensteiner and wins with a roaring elbow. Wright gets in the ring. He says the WF owns Furnace, and he could be a legend and a winner and a WF superstar, but he's going to go tell Jim Ross and Bruce Pritchard of Vince McMahon, and Furnace is never going to work raw again. Wright grabs Furnace, and Furnace hits him with a clothesline. Pulls an ECW shirt off a guy at ringside and puts it on himself and tells Vince to kick his ass. Uh, and that hopefully means that this angle is dead. If uh, Doug Furnace is out, then uh, hopefully we're done. Uh, it's become full low-level cheap heat. Uh, I thought the match itself was messy. There was no cohesion. Furnace looked to step off. Uh, the whole thing was kind of awkward. Like, you could tell probably it wasn't the planned match, and these guys weren't mm-hmm. really on the same page. I guess in Connor no showed or something happened with his flight. Um, you know, the final sequence was awkward too. The crowd booed the stutter step uh, into the finish. Uh, the right stuff is dumb too. Just an ugly night for Furnace. Uh, hopefully Tanaka gets another crack to show off because this was not it. Matt, I went two stars. I was disappointed because I was really looking forward to seeing Tanaka tonight. 
Yeah, I'm right there with you. I was super disappointed by this. I actually went lower than you. I only went one and three quarters on this. Just super disappointing. These guys just didn't mesh well. And I mean, I get it. I'm assuming, like you said, this wasn't the plan. Like, Connemore just no-showed or had flight trouble or something. And there, mm-hmm. there was mis- miscommunications all over the place in this one. So, uh, And I also thought, like, if this, you know, uh, now that Canem- you knew Kanemore was going to be out and this was the match, I feel like this should have just been a squash with Tanaka just fucking killing him and, like, two minutes like there's no way this should have gone like five or six that it did so yeah r- rough outing for Tanaka rough debut for Tanaka so uh, uh hopefully he picks it up soon because uh this wasn't it so uh one and three quarter for me on this Jenny super disappointing one and three quarter <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. well I may have overrated it some um I did two and a half I don't know I, I the crowd was a little dickish sometimes but I thought they stayed in it more than probably in any other <laughs> ECW crowd would have. Um, they stay good all night. The crowd really does. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. Lance Wright is, is hopefully done for after this. So that's why mm-hmm. I bumped it up a little bit. Basically not for the match, but for Furnace uh, saying I'm done with this shit and stealing a t-shirt and leaving right in the ring. So that was the part that I enjoyed. Joey's in the nest. He says pay-per-view companies have blocked ECW from running a dueling Canes match live on pay-per-view. It was taped earlier. What? It'll be on the home video. They'll show what they can on TV. So we'll see more about that. Joey runs down all the great matches still to come. And then in comes Jason and Nicole Bass. They demand Joey play a tape. Joey caves and plays it. The tape shows Tommy arriving at the building earlier with his dog, but no Beulah. Jason says Beulah has left Tommy to join them. And Bass threatens Joey again. So, I don't know. Furthering this angle we talked about in our last episode that kind of came out of nowhere. Is Beulah joining Just Incredible? We'll see. I don't Who's know. the dog siding with? Can yes. Beulah not drive herself to the arena? Why does she need to be Possible. there this early? This is dumb. This is dumb. Nobody Hopefully believes Chris Jericho doesn't run the dog over. <laughs> As he would years later. Mm-hmm. All right. To the ring we go for the next match, which is Too Cold Scorpio, recently having returned here, taking on Rob Van Dam. Uh, RVD has a Louis 90210 airbrush shirt. What uh, the hell is that? Tribute to Louis Spicoli, I'm guessing, but was he I guess. was he from Beverly Hills? <laughs> I don't know. What I, I meant to look, I'm going to look it up quick. I don't think he was, but I, have no I didn't idea. really get the reference at all. Um, Unless it was like an inside joke piece. or something. Him, uh, well, he's from, yeah, he's from LA, San Pedro, LA, California. Oh, okay. Hmm. Zip code is 90210 there. I don't think so, but. Um, <laughs> So maybe he's close enough like to Beverly Hills that it was the joke, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, old school ECW classic war potential here. Uh, Scorp dances out. Fonzie's announced as the VP of Extreme Affairs of the World Wrestling Federation. <laughs> we start with a lockup and easing in, trading up base holds and breaking free by both. Eventually, Scorpio kicks RVD to the floor, regroups and comes back. We light up with a test of strength stalemate. Scorpio kicks RVD back outside and follows, shooting him from railing to railing and slugging away. RVD tries to fight back in, but gets stun-gunned on the railing. RVD recovers. He peppers on the floor, using a railing as well. Back inside, RVD hits a slingshot leg drop for two. Scorpio tackles him and slugs away. Scorpio eats a boot on a charge. RVD meets him with a spin kick. Hits another off the top for two. Crowds get a little restless as this ambles along. 
RVD gets a rolling thunder for two. Piles on his usual offense, but Scorpio uh, keeps staying alive. Scorpio dodges a splash, comes firing back, throws RVD with a release power bomb that pops the crowd. Scorpio hits the leg drop and his slingshot for 50, struts around. Scorpio folds RVD with a back suplex. He goes up top and has a big splash for two. Scorpio gets a top rope moonsault for two, but RVD punches him down off the middle rope. RVD eats knees on the frog splash. Scorpio slams RVD, gets a somersault leg drop off the second rope for two. Scorp misses a splash in the corner. RVD kicks him down. Slam Scorpio hits a split-legged moonsault for two. RVD gets a Rana. He kicks Scorpio outside and follows. They head back down the ramp. RVD hits the Van Daminator. Scorpio recovers with a pile driver on the ramp. Hits him with a second one. Back of the ring, RVD goes low. The ref gets wiped out in a scrum, but RVD kicks Scorpio down and heads up. Tries a 450, but Scorpio dodges and he crashes hard. Scorpio gets a power bomb. He heads up top. It's a 450, but the ref is down. So Sabu comes out. It's an Arabian face buster. RVD gets two. Sandman comes down and chases off Sabu with the cane. Scorpio then hits a Pele kick, but RVD gets a victory roll and steals the win. RVD gets the mic. He says it was a great experience for both guys. But better for him, Scorpio gave him a hell of a match, gives Scorpio the chance to shake his hand, but RVD pulls it away. Scorpio says he'll be the better man. He'll shake RVD's hand, and they do do that. Scorpio admits that RVD was better tonight, but then he clotheslines him and kicks away. Sabu makes a save, and him and RVD beat down Scorpio until Sandman comes back again, saves his old friend. He takes Sabu off the top of the Rana through a table. <laughs> they were hurt. RVD and Sabu take off. Scorpio grabs the mic. He says he loves ECW. He loves his buddy Sandman. Offers them beer and they drink and they dance just like the old days. Former champions. Uh, again, I think it's a weird match. It felt a little out of sync and slower than you would expect. And the crowd ended up not engaged as a result. Uh, RVD seems to be trying to pace it up, but it took a while to get there. Scorpio just takes forever between his big spots. Just hits one, stalls, by the time he gets up. Uh, just felt like a disjointed back and forth. The end was good. The crowd woke up for it. Just up to that point it was slow. Uh, and I think expectations probably didn't help as well. Uh, they just seem like they're on different match pace pages. Uh, a good win for RVD. The usual Sabu help. Scorpio's a good addition back, even though this one didn't click. It's still very good. Uh, the post-match was good, too. And we'll see if Scorpio and Sandman start to reunite a bit. So, Matt went three and a half. So, it was a pretty pretty good match, despite me kind of being down on Expected this to really maybe go next level, because RVD's been so locked in. And you thought mm -hmm. maybe Scorpio would be kind of out to prove himself after the WF shit. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of with you. I, I went three and a quarter on it. This got a ton of time, and it felt like it took really forever to get going. Mm -hmm. And a part of me wondered if, like, if they had to add some time to this match because of Kanemura not making the show. Like, if, if it's Tanaka uh, maybe, and Kanemura, yeah. I'm wondering if that match goes, like, another five minutes or so and they give them ten. Because it, it felt to me like they had 15 minutes of stuff in like a 20 minute match and like yeah, the first yeah. five minutes or so was just super slow. I mean, once they got going, it was really good, but it just took a long fucking time to get there. But I mean, there was a lot of good stuff here. And I think like you said to expectations for this, for me anyway, were super high. Like you see these two guys on paper, you think this is going to be a banger. And I mean, it was still very good at three and a quarter, but it was still kind of underwhelming for me. And I thought the finish was a little wonky too, with the kind of the roll up out of nowhere. So it's an interesting match. It was very different from what I feel like we usually see out of these guys. But um, yeah, it was still uh, pretty good for what it was. And I, I like the pile drivers on the ramp. I thought that was probably my favorite spot of the match was those pile drivers. And uh, you get Sandman and Scorpio dancing, which is always entertaining. So I went uh, three and a quarter for me, Jenny. Well, here's another one I probably overrated, but 
I I miss Scorpio, and that's just kind of how he is. Like he's a slow wrestler. Like mm-hmm. he just is. Like he just he needs that time between <laughs> his 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 shit. Like usually, um, and I, I just kind of expect that from a Scorpio match now. Um, so I the length was it was lengthy, but it didn't really bug me. I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed their chemistry. RVD, it is interesting to try to watch him slow down his pace because he mm-hmm. is very mm-hmm. usually just bam, bam, bam. So I don't know. I liked a different paced match for him. Once again, Sabu thinks that if RVD is fighting, he's going to have to be fighting. <laughs> he's he's very back. loyal. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, very loyal. He I mean, and I feel like down the road, this is going to be something that is going to explode between them. Mm-hmm. But it's good because they will have definitely earned that by then. So, and then the the post match stuff, I really. So they, he's like, he wants to shake hands or whatever. And then Too Cold says, "I'll shake your hand even if you don't shake mine." <laughs> I'm like, nope, probably not gonna do that. <laughs> How's that gonna work? Yeah. I don't know. It took me He's going to grab his hand and make him shake it. I thought that's what he was shake himself, right. He's like, going to take one hand and then use that hand to shake his other hand. And, mm-hmm. I, I wish he would have done that, is my point, because that would have been great. But I really loved um, Sandman and Scorpio drinking beer and dancing together by the end of the match. So I don't know. It was good stuff for me. I'm going to keep my three and three quarters. I almost changed it, but I'm not going to. All right, we get a video package highlighting the recent issues with Lance Storm and Chris Candido. <clears throat> we go to the ring for a three-way dance in the tag division as the Dudley boys take on Rotten Balls and New Jack and Spike Dudley. I guess another, I don't think they announced this one. They kind of hinted that New Jack would have a match, but mm-hmm. uh, the Dudley's ample out. Gertner goes through a shtick at intros. Axel and Balls come out with their chairs. The brawl's on right away. All four guys throw down. Axel and Devon are in the ring. Bubba and Balls on the floor. They all trade shots. Balls empties a load of offense on Bubba, but misses the top rope leg drop. Bubba mashes Balls with a chair as Axel and Devon roll back in. Dick is in. He chokes slams Axel. Dudley's do all the new jack pose. And, of course, as usual, as soon as they hit the pose, Natural Born Killer starts up. Mm-hmm. Out come New Jack and Spike with a barrel of weapons they use right away to amp up the violence. Usual weapons madness. The music is blaring. The brawl goes down and out of the ring. Axe and balls are ripped up good. Blood is flowing. Chair shots everywhere. They all matriculate their way back to the uh, back of the building. Joey says, this is like watching porn. It feels dirty. And says, well, speaking <laughs> of, Jenna Jameson is in the house. She's back, I guess. She's here. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Jack and Spike go up to the balcony. They fly off through both Dudley's uh, through a table to a huge pop at a classic spot. That's kind of an iconic one. Balls and Axel pick apart the scraps. Back of the ring, Balls crushes Spike with a back suplex. Spike counters, puts Balls through a table with an acid drop. Bubba scoops him, press slams him on the floor into Axel, and the Dudleys finish Balls with a 3D, and they are done. Spike then comes in with an acid drop on Devon, and Jack gets a top rope chair shot and a good finish to win the match. Spike and New Jack are your victors. Standard showcase. It's just rinse and repeat, mostly for the tag division at this point. It's just a plunder mess. The crowd loves it. It shows off on pay-per-view what ECW mm-hmm. can do in this situation. Uh, but we need a big tag division shakeup. Like, this is just getting stale. Yep. 
was a bit better than normal because of the heat and a couple of mm-hmm. big spots. Uh, the finish looked good, too. And the Dudleys, I mean, the Dudleys should have won this. Like, I know you want to give Spike a new jack at the moment. But the Dudleys, like, when, when are we getting going with these guys? Like, I feel like mm-hmm. they kind of have a good few weeks and then they lose a match and just kind of stalling out. So, Jenny, I went two and three quarters, just the usual ECW tag plunder brawl. It, it, business as usual was my um, note, really, to start out. Matt, do you have any of the... Um, great Joel Gertner lines? Do I have any of them? I got damn near all on fire. Let's, hear uh, let's see. Uh, he, he, called, <laughs> he calls the crowd welfare recipients and homeless vagabonds, first of all. Uh, he, he then says that uh, uh, Gertner says, Big Dick took such liberties with a guy in the crowd's mom that he is now his father in 17 states. <laughs> Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, Gertner says he's like milk and does a body good, and that his wit <laughs> is more tongue in cheek than a lesbian orgy. Uh, he, he calls himself uh, Joel. Uh, your girlfriend has me on her speed dial because uh, she loves the way I star 69 her, Gertner. <laughs> and then when he uh, introduces Devon, he says, uh, Devon is getting jiggy with it to his left. Uh, weighing 169 pounds and is the super cruiserweight champion. And uh, Bubba is Pamela Lee's brand new man, and he has seen the tape. (laughs) So for those reasons, and the new Jack and Spike dive off the balcony, which was amazing, uh, I gave this match three stars. Uh, I uh, I also went three stars for a lot of the same reasons. <laughs> uh, Joel Gertner on fire, my God! Uh, probably the best we've seen out of him so far. Good Lord! And uh, yeah, it's an you get the iconic double balcony dive with New Jack and Spike Dudley. And I, I don't know, I didn't really mind uh, New Jack winning here because I feel like New Jack could have used the win too. Like yeah, I feel yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like it's been a while since he's won a match. Too. But he's all over the place. Spike. He's with Cronus. He's with Spike. Yeah, it's like Spike right. is with uh, Mikey. It's like they're all. There's no cohesion in these teams. Like if yeah, right. New Jack needs a win, but what's he doing? Like, is he with a tag team partner? Is he solo? It's just I feel like we're just all over the place with all the shit. Um No, I'm with you with the tag team uh, tag division needing a shakeup for sure, but I, I don't know. It, it kind of I just want to see the Dullies push. Like they're the they're the team that's right. been consistent. They've been here for three three and a half years. Like, what mm-hmm. are we doing? Like just push them, like give them the belts and let them run. We're just right. I don't know. So yeah, Coming I mean, other other than the fairly standard uh, one of these weapons matches, but uh, I gave it a bump for the iconic balcony dive and Joel Gertner three stars. Joey's in the nest. He apologizes about Justin Credible and ECW super pushing him, and justifying the push to critics by spitting <laughs> on tradition and injuring wrestlers. We then get a video package highlighting Credible's rise, and then our ring announcer brings out the newest member of the ECW uh, announced team. Jenna Jameson. She comes oh. out and says she is ECW's newest reporter. She's going to do her first interview here tonight. She brings out Justin Credible, Jason, and Nicole Bass. Credible says normally he uh, wouldn't give Jenna the time of day. He's got Beulah on his jock and doesn't need her. Jason's eyes up uh, Jenna, but Bass mean mugs her, or mean mugs Jason, and he walks off. Bass and stares down Jenna. Jenna's shit talks Credible, so she'll interview whoever she wants, not who ECW said to. So she brings out Tommy Dreamer. Tommy comes out. He makes out with her. Uh, Jenna's all horned up after that, and Tommy walks to the ring. Joey says, Tommy boldly went where every man has gone before. Uh, that was pretty funny. Uh, what did you think of uh, Jenna's return here and uh, making out with Tommy? They must have needed more B-roll of her is my guess. That's why they brought her back. <laughs> going to reload, reload the clip. Yeah. More Let's like double in... D-roll. My God. 
All let's right. let's get another two and a half years of footage out of this one appearance from Jenna Jameson. Uh, it was great that she was able to show off some of her porn acting skills during this <laughs> too. I thought that was really well done. Not even the good ones, but I mean, no. some of them. Uh, the kiss was dumb. I was very angry about that. Um, but I mean, I guess if Jenna Jameson's standing there and you're Tommy Dreamer, you're going to do that shit. But I don't know. Not needed. Um. I don't know. It's it's fine. It's fine. I don't really care about any of it, but it's fine. I care about Nicole Bass. Well, she's here. She's not happy with Jason. Nope. I, I fucking Jenna. All right. To the ring we go for Tommy Dreamer versus Justin Credible. Dreamer's in. He's cutting through Credible with a flurry. Joey notes that Beulah's not here at all right now. We spill outside the ring. Jason cracks. Tommy throws him into the ring. Tommy hits both guys with a Piscato. Tommy throws Credible into the railing, knocks him into the crowd, hammers away into the bleachers. Back to ringside, Dreamer drags Credible onto the ramp, loads up a DDT, but Credible shoves him off into the railing to finally stop his assault. Credible stomps away, shoves Tommy back in the ring. Tommy catches him on a crossbody, hits a fallaway slam. Tommy hangs Credible in the tree of woe, drop kicks a chair into his face. Tommy slams Credible and heads up top, but misses a splash. Credible hits a seated drop kick. He drops to hold Tommy onto the back of an open chair. Credible puts a chair between the buckles, but Tommy turns a tide and gets a side leg sweep. Credible pops up and throws Tommy into the chair, hits a slop drop into it. Tommy comes back with some strikes and crotches Credible on the top rope. He shakes him off and it's an airplane spin and a Spicoli driver for a near fall. Jason distracts Tommy. Credible hits him and hits that's incredible and poses as Beulah comes strutting out wearing a neck brace. Beulah winks at Justin Credible, sashays around the ring and hugs him, but then, of course, low blows him. Jason comes in and Beulah kicks him in the nuts and hits a DDT. Nicole Bass comes in. She grabs Beulah in a bear hug and swings her around. Mikey hobbles out with his crutches as Bass lets go and her tip pops out. Mikey hops up onto Bass, hits a stunner to a pop. Credible crushes Mikey's air cast with a crutch, but Tommy comes firing back and DDT is credible to win the match. Uh, this is pretty fun. They had a good flow. They chugged along. Tommy took a lot of offense, which made sense in the story. All the fuckery played in well at the end to keep the crowd into it. The Beulah thing was obvious, but whatever. Tommy playing some mind games. And the Mikey payoff was good as well. Credible can take a loss, given all the chaos that went on. Uh, Jenny went two and three quarters. And in retrospect, now the Beulah thing's fine because you can look back and say, okay, they were fucking with Credible. Beulah probably said, oh, you know, I'm interested in coming along. Incredible used it. So, again, it's ECW maybe going too far with not explaining things when they're trying to treat fans smartly. Uh, this is one that could have maybe used a little bit more playing out. Yeah. I, but it's recorded for the match. Yeah. For, for me to believe it, you're going to have to just put a lot more details. Uh, none of that shit was believable. So um, I liked this. It's, it has like a... Like, uh, like, I don't, Credible really felt, it felt like he really fell a peg. Like, it felt like he had knocked down a peg, um, which is good. That's what we wanted to see. And I wish I could have seen Mikey's face when Nicole Bass's boob popped out. Because, <laughs> um, he was, he runs in on, on his broken leg somehow. And um, it just pops out as soon as he gets there. And I, I don't know. I just spent a lot of time wondering what, what his reaction was going to be, but um, I liked this and there's a lot more on the table with this story and hopefully with some more 
I don't know, more high caliber matches, Maddie. I did two and three quarters. Yeah, uh, I went two and a half on this. It, it felt like it was definitely missing something for me. Like, I, I kind of wanted this to be more violent. And I, I know, I guess it was like their first match, so maybe they're going to build up to mm-hmm. it. But they've already had a first blood match. So, I mean, if you've already had a first blood match, why not just beat the piss out of each other again on pay-per-view? It felt like kind of toned down from what, especially for Dreamer. Like, I feel like if this was at the ECW arena, this would have been a fucking bloodbath and Dreamer would have killed him and it would have, you know, yeah. it would have been over and done with. So maybe they were toning it down a little bit because it's on pay-per-view and they're still kind of leery about showing the super extreme violence on pay-per-view. But like... I don't know. It felt like it was missing something that I feel like this match would have had if it was held elsewhere, like a house show or something. It was pretty short yep. too. I think it barely went 10 minutes. So uh, the finish was good, uh, uh, but the brawling before that, I felt like was very paint by numbers. So uh, yeah, I only went two and a half on it. It was a microwave feud too. Like they, they did a good job heating it up, but it was not like a long drawn out, like credible torturing Tommy. You know, he just did the thing we mocked Grandpa Joe, and then we spent right, a couple like, weeks with Tommy trying to kick the shit out of him. So it didn't feel like a big elevation feud. It just felt like a nuisance for Tommy to kill him. Mm-hmm. 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 All right, Joey's in the nest. We get a Bigelow versus Taz hype package, and then Joey hypes up our next pay-per-view on May 3rd and wonders who will be the TV champion on that show. Because it is now time for our TV title match. I was surprised it actually wasn't last. I'll say that. Um, especially given what happens, but uh, here we go. It is Taz taking on the hometown boy, Bam Bam Bigelow. Bigelow marches out to that big pop, followed by Taz, who's stoic as ever, looking to wreck shit. We get a stare down. Taz grabs the arm, takes Bigelow down and rides him. Taz knocks Bigelow over the top with a clothesline. Bigelow clips the table and crashes hard. Taz follows out. He leaves off the apron, but Bammer catches him and throws him into the post. Bigelow throws Taz to the railing. We head back inside where he stomps away. Hits a powerbomb for two. Taz comes back with a lariat. Tries a back suplex. Bigelow shifts on top of him for two. Taz ducks the charge and dumps Bigelow onto the ramp. Taz follows and hammers away. Hits a T-bone off the ramp and over the railing into the crowd in a just holy shit sick moment. Yes. Taz Taz follows into the crowd. They trade blows in the fans. Back of the ring, Bigelow hits a DDT and a moonsault for two. Grabs a broken table and sets it up. Bigelow hammers and kicks away. Loads a powerbomb, but Taz slips free. Flapjacks Bigelow through the table for two. The crowd is rallying Bigelow as we head back to the floor. Taz punches a table shard into Bigelow. They continue to trade blows out there until Taz throws Bammer back into the crowd. Bigelow throws a chair at Taz, but he keeps slugging it out back to ringside. Back inside, Taz slips out of the greetings from Asbury Park, hooks the Taz mission by leaping on Bigelow's back. Bigelow's tapping, but before Finnegan can register it, Bigelow throws his weight back, and him and Taz collapse the ring, crashing through the ring mat to the floor in an all-time epic ECW moment. Bigelow crawls out of the hole. He pulls Taz with him, covers for the win, and a big pop to take home the TV title. Uh, A good slugfest with hard, heavy punches, uh, some good table spots, and we get the two big crazy bumps, um, the one on the ramp with the railing and then the finish in the ring. A little slow. But it felt like a heavyweight fight. Just two Haases punching away. The crowd was into it. A good vibe in the hometown. The finishing bump was iconic. The crowd was in awe. And a good spot to finish the war. But also leaves room for more chaos between them as well. Uh, Matt, Bigelow gets the title at home and a good payoff. I went three and a half for this match. 
Uh, I'm right there with you. Three and a half. Uh, awesome Haas fight. Uh, just great stuff all around. Hot crowd. You get Bam Bam, you know, being in front of the hometown crowd, doing his thing. Uh, crowd just losing their minds for it. Th- that suplex <laughs> to the uh, to the crowd was insane with Taz whacking the back of his head on the railing. Just a disgusting bump. How he was able to continue is insane, especially given his prior neck trauma, for fuck's sake. Like, what are you doing? Just insane, insane spot. They kind of lost me a little bit when they did that extended crowd brawling for in the second half of the match, right before the the finish. They kind of lost me a little bit there. I feel like if you know maybe they either shorten that or cut that out, I may have gone higher on that. But man, just an iconic finish too with the uh, the ring break. Is that that might be the first time anybody's ever done that, right? I can't imagine anybody had done a finish like that beforehand, right? No, I mean we had Undertaker come out. Through right. the ring in like '96, right. pulled Diesel in and that stuff. So, mm-hmm. I guess kind of, and I guess well, Hell in a Cell hadn't happened yet, right? So that kind of does. Right. But yeah, yeah. no, I, this is the first time they went through the ring. I mean, we've had guys right. come up up through the ring, but so it, it's a cool finish. And I mean, look at at this point, it probably takes something like that to have somebody beat Taz. So it's it's a unique finish too, and just a all-time iconic finish so uh it kind of feels like the right time for taz to drop the title too because they've been kind of hinting at a match with shane he's been calling out shane for the past couple of weeks so it feels like maybe they're going to start pivoting in that direction and i like that they kept the other triple threat guys out of this match too they kind of had to just let taz and bam bam throw bombs and fucking kill each other so i uh i also went three and a half on it jenny okay so here's another one i overrated because i knew that bam bam was going to win this um, I knew it. And I have questions about how they did the hole in the ring. Mm-hmm. How, how does that, how does one do that? So I think like, they just remove the, it's at some point during the match, they go under, I think they remove the board that like supports the mat. So then there's mm-hmm. nothing between the, the mat. That's it. So they just take okay. away all the support from underneath. So there must have been someone under their ring crew or something that right. at a certain point busts that cuts that board or whatever. So when y'all were watching this match, y'all knew that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So did you, were you looking at that part of the ring? Like more like, did, did you notice that part of the ring? I, I know this is very yeah. niche. I'm just very curious about all the, I don't know how it actually happens. Mm. Anyway, I wasn't looking forward uh, to see it, but no. it, that is generally what they would do. Right. Yeah. They usually, there's wood underneath it. They usually either cut it or pull a board out, and so that way they can just fall. Anyway, I did three and three quarter stars because I love this match. I loved all the brawling, all the huge spots. Um, it was just them two, like Matt said. We didn't have to deal with anybody else. And Taz just fucking got beat. By big ass Bigelow, that schmuck from New Jersey kicked his ass. <laughs> yeah. And I, with all that shit, I mean, I, I almost went four on it and I had to back myself down. Mm. So, oh. We'll see how I Taz uh, handles this loss going forward as yeah. a triple threat. Probably not will. And it looks <laughs> like they're going to have all the belts because the other two aren't on the line. So I like that too. Um, Very bloodline. Yeah, triple threat will have all the gold. All right, Paul, uh, he dangerously is in the nest. He tells Joey to buy some time as the triple threat celebrates in the wrecked ring. Joey says we were supposed to have Al Snow versus Cronus, uh, but that will not happen now with the ring being broken. Paul comes back and says, let's go watch Sabu versus Sandman. And Joey says, the censors said we can't show that. Him and Paul yell at each other. 
Paul demands it. Joey caves, but basically blames Paul saying, I'm not taking the heat for this. It's your call that we're going to air this match that the censors did not want us to air. Pretty fun way to go about it. Mm-hmm. Cover for the ring fix. Show this match from earlier um, on the pay-per-view and also make it like, oh, it's Paul's hardcore and extreme, like going against mm-hmm. the, you know, we're mm-hmm. still counterculture and all this, right? Renegades. And then oh. I have a question as to why this was not our the Taz Bigelow was not the main event if they're going to destroy exactly right matches I was like that's why I had more questions <laughs> like mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense to me none of this makes sense to me if they so you think knew it was accidental that. that's what I was wondering I thought y'all would say so. that they didn't mean to bust it and that it was a shoot I don't, I don't believe what. so I I thought it was planned um, I th- I think it was planned I'm pretty sure Okay. I think they just do it to make shit unpredictable and, you know, like, right. again, be a right. look badass. Oh, we're going to go against the censors and air this match. It anyway. works. And, yeah, it yeah. works. It better right, be so badass. Let's see. Sandman versus Sabu dueling canes. Sandman's pacing the ring with a brew and a butt. Sabu charges in with a cane. Sandman catches him with his cane first. Sabu hits him in the back of the head with one. Sandman scoops up Sabu, stun guns him across the top rope. Sabu's headdress falls off and we see it was actually Rob Van Dam. God damn it, Robin! Ooh. Y'all can't stay out of each other's matches. <laughs> he does do a good job yeah. though when he when he uh, cosplays as Sabu, like because yep. of his hair, oh, kind yeah, of the yeah. way it hangs and everything. You know, yeah. looks good. Um, definitely tricky enough. Sabu comes from behind. He decks Sandman. RVD cracks Sandman with a spin kick. Sabu bashes him with a cane. Fonzie's barking orders. He sends RVD to the back for the rest of the match. RVD wants a high five. As Sabu starts to do it, RVD just turns and walks away. Such a good. <laughs> Sabu works over Sandman with a cane. Sabu tosses Sandman on the so ramp. Flies into him with a springboard plancha. Sandman rolls to the floor. Sabu meets him with another plancha. Sabu shoots Sandman to the railing. Sets up a table bridge on the rail. Sabu Kane Sandman puts him on the table and heads up top, flies into him with a splash. Back in the ring, Sabu hits an Arabian face buster for two, heads up top and misses an atomic Arabian face buster. Sabu's up first. He pitches Sandman onto the ramp, walks into a back elbow. Sabu blocks a suplex, hits a DDT and a triple jump moonsault. Sandman tries to set up a table, but Sabu stops him. He hammers away, but Sandman slings him into the table, takes the ref down on the way. Sandman grabs the table and throws it at Sabu. Sandman puts Sabu on the table, but RVD saves. In the ring, RVD has a top rope kick as Jeff Jones shows up. Jones helps set up a table. RVD hits a frog splash on a chair on Sandman's face. They put Sandman on the table on the ramp. They hit a stereo top rope leg drop splash to a huge pop. They roll Sandman in the ring, and Sabu covers uh, to win after the crazy spot. So pretty usual why I brawl these guys. Sabu dominated. Sandman took a shit kicking. Crowd was rabid. Very hard hitting, but I think they oversold the violence. Um, they wanted to do the shtick to cover the broken ring. That was smart planning, but they also set inadvertent expectations that they didn't meet. Um, you know, I, I think it meant it was no worse than the usual stuff. Like it was good, but um, I thought I expected more. By the way, Joey kept hyping it, Matt. So I went three and a half. Um, they used everything they had around them. It filled the time, but yeah, I, I just expected more. Yeah, given all the hype that Joey was given about this match, uh, I was expecting it to be kind of like the match we live watched, the house party match, where it's just a wild, bloody brawl with all kinds of Right, yeah, we've seen worse. Mm -hmm. Right, and I feel like if you already have a match like that, so if you're not at least equaling that or topping it, it's going to be disappointing. And that's kind of how I felt at this one. I still went three and a quarter on it, but 
after what we saw in the arena where they're fucking bleeding out with a halo of barbed wire. You know, it's anything after that that doesn't reach that is going to be disappointing. But it was still a very good uh, Sabu Sandman match. It was a quick sprint. It was like 10 minutes long. And everything looked great. It was super fun. Uh, the double leg drop through the table on the ramp I thought was a really great finish. So. Mm-hmm. I, I like that finish a lot. The RVD uh, thing at the beginning was really well done too. I, I fucking thought it was Sabu. So I thought that was really well done. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a good match, but again, disappointing. And uh, uh, the format of this pay-per-view just kind of t- after Taz Bigelow, it's just super fucking weird that this was taped beforehand, but aired later. Are we going to air it? Oh, we can't air it. We're going to air it anyway. It's just, it's super weird. It, it feels like they're trying too much at this point and it's kind of uh, i guess annoying for lack of a better term but uh so i went three and a quarter on it jenny yeah i was very confused as to why this was in some sort of you know they already recorded it like mm-hmm. nobody even barely even bleeds like what the fuck are they talking about it wasn't even nearly as violent as they said it was gonna be um i love the finish and the dueling cane stuff didn't even really make it through most of the match. Mm-hmm, right. Like it was mostly tables after that. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I loved uh, Sandman just absolutely destroying Sabu with the table on the ramp. He just really swung that bitch and dropped it on Sabu. It looked awesome. I mean, that was, but look, I mean, that's sort of standard. That's kind of what we do here. So it's not ultra violent. <laughs> um, I still did the three and a half because I really liked the match, but I, I was really expecting a little bit more color at least. Mm-hmm. Right. Something. Yeah. Something. They, they overhyped and, and it I, to do this. Yeah. And Joey go said, holy shit, at the end of the match. <laughs> that was good. Well, especially because nothing in here was worse than the ring breaking. Like, the, we already right. saw something crazier yes. a minute ago. The yep. finish was good, but um, so anyway. Uh, the ring's still being fixed as the crowd is rocking the head pit, chanting loudly. Joey in the nest says Paul forced him to push the envelope and show that match against the censors. He apologizes for the argument and says he will quit if they get thrown off pay-per-view and Heyman can take all the heat, not him in his office job. Joey's fired up. He says it was a stupid call. God forbid we follow the format. I helped write. Why bother? The Al Snow match is canceled, but they're going to make the main event happen. And here we are. The ring is barely fixed. It's sagging in the corner. They got hazard tape on the ropes. Very sloppy shop. <laughs> Someone's going to get hurt. Very easy. To uh, we, then, we then get to that match. It is the dream tag team partner match. We know that Shane Douglas is Chris Candido's partner. He heads out first with Francine and Shane looking, uh, Francine's looking stacked. Candido grabs the mic, shit talks storm, says he's curious about this dream partner and that there are only three people that could beat up Candido. His grandfather, Popeye John Richards, Bam Bam Bigelow and Tom, uh, Tammy at home. Storm heads to the ring. Big come up for him, main eventing on the pay-per-view. Sonny is with him wearing a big Ric Flair robe. Sonny says Storm's partner is not Grandpa or Bigelow. She's the partner. Sonny is in an absurd outfit. The crowd is into it. It's all out. Storm flies into the ring, runs through both guys. Joey says, and this is the worst, Joey. I love Joey, but this is the worst Joey when he's overhyping shit so obviously mm-hmm. that it's like, come on, Joey, you're supposed to be the smart man's yeah. um smart man's announcer, right? Like everyone sees what's going on. Sonny mm-hmm. and, and we just did this with Buell Incredible. So now we get two right. of these on the same show that are very right. 
yep. obviously not going to happen. Like she's, this is clearly a ruse by the triple threat. And Joey's overselling the play. Oh, what a brilliant plan. Candido will never hurt Sonny. He's obsessed with her. His life revolves around her. Storm is beating up both guys. He tags in Sonny. Joey's overselling the plan. Francine comes in. Uh, she steps up to Sonny. They're arguing. Candido begs off. Storm gets to the ring and grabs Candido. But, of course, Sonny hits Storm with a cookie sheet. She almost falls in the ring hole <laughs> behind her. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> The most obvious turn ever, of course. Uh, the yeah. crowd is chanting for head as the triple threat is beating on Storm as Sonny and Francine embrace. Candido berates Storm on the mic. They slap him around. Candido asks Storm what he's going to give him, and Storm says he's going to give him head. Al Snow comes out with a big pop. As Joey says, Storm knew it was a ruse, and he was prepared and had Al Snow ready to go, which I can buy. This way, at least Storm doesn't look like an idiot. Uh, mm. Only Joey does. The lights go out. Uh, they come on, and Al Snow's in the ring. He's using head. He hits a Douglas with a sit-out powerbomb. The crowd is throwing the foam heads in the ring as all for a brawl. Just a chaotic scene. Storm throws Candido outside. He flies into him with a plancha. Douglas and Snow battle as the camera keeps flipping upside down. The crowd is buzzing. <laughs> Snow takes controlled punches. Throws Shane through a hole in the ring. Storm grabs Douglas and shoots him to Snow, who hits the snowplow and pins the world champion in a huge moment. Storm and Snow celebrate as the heads fly around and we fade out. Uh, this was more angle than match, but it was chaos. Snow is mega over. Uh, it looks shaky. Snow saved things. He's monstrously over. This headstorm stuff is wild. Just a crazy scene. Uh, a gold mine they've fallen into with this guy. Storm mm -hmm. looked dumb until that swerve. So in the end, like it's okay. It worked out. But it was really close to being a disaster with the sunny stuff mm -hmm. before they bailed it out. Questionable way to close the show. To your point, Jenny, like, why did they do this with Broken Ring? But I think they wanted to end with all the heads and they knew it would be chaos and like yeah. Storm, uh, Snow getting the big win over Douglas. And it ends up being one of the hottest ending uh, that they have of a pay per view. And you can yep. say the most effective all around pay per view they've done so far. So I went two and a half, but again, it's more angle. Um, and I think closing with this made sense. And actually, the Broken Ring ended up adding to the vibe of chaos in this mm -hmm. shit show they got going on. So. Um, I thought that was well done too. It was just like madness. So I don't know. I liked it as an angle. The match was nothing, whatever. But once snow came out and it all came together, it made sense. But for a minute, it just looked stupid. And I don't think they should have done the Beulah thing earlier either. I think that that made this seem more ridiculous on mm -hmm. the front, especially with Joey buying into it after we just saw the same ruse an hour ago. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm. I'm just. They, maybe they don't realize that women could do other things probably in the, in a storyline. Right. Um, mm. I don't know, but this was good. I did the two and a half as well. I've wondered how the hell are they going to work this fucking match when a quarter of the ring is caved in and poor Sonny almost just, just broke her leg and <laughs> um, fell right in there. Um, I really liked, uh, when they had Storm just holding him back and he was holding the Candido holding the mic up to him, kind of hitting him in the face with it. And then he's like, I'm going to give you head or whatever. Yeah. That was awesome. It was a great reveal and the crowd went nuts and I did too. It was awesome. And who did y'all think was hotter, Francine or Sonny? Uh, Sonny on this night. Yeah, it, I think Sonny. It's close, but it's Sonny. It is, it's and that, that ring gear is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for yeah. them both, but yeah, I would lean Sonny as well. So two and a half for me, Matt. Fun yeah. to get very ECW. I I went two and a half on it too. It's 
it's a tough thing to rate because it's barely a match. It's like five minutes long. It's so chaotic. There's a lot happening in a short period of time too. But I think, uh, to your point, uh, I think they wanted the visual of the rave with the lights going off, the heads all over the place, the crowd throwing the heads in the ring because it's 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 a hell of a visual every time they do it. So it's crazy to do it. And you have the big moment with Snow pinning Shane. So I'm guessing Snow is due for a title shot now at some point, which yeah. that could be completely fucking insane. So. It, it, it's it's a weird way to end a pay-per-view, but it did work. And the visual of the caution tape around the ring fucking popped me. It was hysterical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a hell of a visual. Well, and leaning so. into snow. Like, he's hot. Ride it, right? Like, right. this right. is what they should do. He suddenly got crazy over. You know, I mean, he's still a WF guy. So mm-hmm. they're going to call him up at some point. You know what's happening with him being right. this over. So, like, right. I think speed rushing him to the top of the card and getting a title match out of him before he's gone. Right. Makes sense because they're gonna come calling. You gotta strike now. You gotta strike so now before before they come calling. So it makes perfect sense. And, and so, there's no one yeah. else. Like no one else is really lined up for Douglas anyway. Right. It's not like he has like a ready made feud. Well, so. Taz. Well, right. he's still got Bigelow stuff going on. I mean, we don't know if he's ready. You know, if he's gonna be done with that yet. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. I don't think you you can't quite run Lance Storm and Shane Douglas on a pay per view yet, which no. you know they've also been teasing. So uh, having Snow do it makes sense. But yeah, I mean it's more angle and match, like you guys said. So two and a half. I mean, you always have Dreamer and Sandman sitting there, like if you really needed to mm-hmm. rush someone up, or even RVD or Sabu, but they're mm-hmm. all kind of tied up with shit. So mm-hmm. um, a lot. Right, best match of the night for me, I ended up going Taz Bigelow. Um, yep. But only three and a half, you know. Yep. Well, <laughs> mine was the same match, but um, higher rating. I had a couple of those, uh, actually. The worst match to me was easily Tanaka Furnace. Yep. I think I did that as well. Yeah. Best moment, uh, the Taz Bigelow ring break, obviously, is the most famous one. The mm-hmm. snow head rave was awesome. And then I didn't want to lose track of the New Jack Spike dive yes. either because that's like another big ECW moment. Yeah. I would say the dive. I th- I gotta go with the, the ring break. break. Yeah, I like the dive a lot more. Hmm. Okay. Uh most 90s, I had a few. The pay-per-view companies blocking violent matches. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Gertner Gertner references getting jiggy with it and the Pam Anderson sex tape. It does. Uh, mm-hmm. Incredibly 90s. Anything else there? Jenna Jameson. Jenna Jameson, yep. Yep. Uh, I had her as part of my stock rising. <laughs> I thought she was pretty good. At her. Uh, <laughs> RVD Scorpio. Yeah. RVD Scorpio, Jameson, Bigelow, Taz, Tabu, Snow all had a great nights. Mm. Yep. Jerry Lynn. <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, falling on with yeah. Furnace, Lance Wright, the Dudleys, and Nicole Bass's top, which fell off. <laughs> 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 and Mikey's jaw. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, final grade. I, I liked the show. I went seven and a half out of ten. I think it's probably the second best pay-per-view so far behind Barely Legal. You could even argue maybe it's a little better in, in spots because mm-hmm. Barely Legal, I know we weren't super high on, but I, I think the atmosphere and everything that was part of Barely Legal maybe puts it a little above this, but it's close. To me, it's definitely better than Hardcore Heaven or November to Remember. I don't think that's yep. close. Um, this crowd was we've had from a pay-per-view since the first one. And we had some stuff happen, and it ends on a good note. The only thing that's interesting is we don't get much of a payoff at the end. 
um, it's more setting up the next pay-per-view, which is interesting because you just have right. to assume we're going to get Snow and Douglas there. So um, I guess the, the big payoff we got was Bigelow winning in, in his hometown. So it may not have been the main event. That's yeah. the big payoff to the show. And then we use it to set up the next one. But it, to me, it was really, I still enjoyed it. It was a really good show. Still waiting for that big time classic ECW pay-per-view though. Like we haven't mm-hmm. had it yet. Is it coming? Where's there nine and a half out of 10? You know, you know, there's going to be one in there somewhere. I did the eight out of ten. Uh, I I just rated matches higher than you guys did. Um, yeah. So for me, there's you know a bunch of really good stuff that I really enjoyed, and I thought they did a lot better job at pacing out um, the stories before we got to another show. They're figuring that part out, and it shows. Um, yeah, eight out of ten, man. Yeah, uh, I did the seven and a half. It, it's a good show, like you said. I, I'm with you. I think it's the second best one we've watched behind probably Barely Legal. And you get the you have a red hot angle that they fell ass backwards into with Al Snow. So it's it's yep. kind of wild to see just how hot he's gotten. So yeah, seven and a half. All right, we'll be back in two weeks with three more episodes of TV to follow up to this. We'll start to march toward our May pay per view. Be sure to subscribe right here on YouTube if you're watching and also follow us on NorthSouthConnection.com which has all of our content both audio and video social media we're on Facebook, Twitter TikTok and Instagram be sure to check out everything we have to offer continue to provide feedback as well we appreciate all the love and support stay extreme I'll talk to you in two weeks notice you noticing me from across the room I can see it and can't stop myself from looking noticing you noticing me watch out Yes.